Hey, I'm Anjali, and I watch a lot of TV. I'm hosting a television review podcast called Anjali Vision, and it'll air every other week through the Trident Network. I'll have interesting guests each episode to answer important questions like, how quickly would you resort to cannibalism in different post-apocalyptic TV show scenarios? And who's the best daddy on TV right now? You never see this many stars in the city. It's hot, quiet, boring. Big. Well, nothing ever happens here. Abuela Rose isn't letting you go anywhere. Is that your mother? My grandmother. She's such a Navajo. She wants me to eat, speak, and live Navajo. My father's a scientist. He'd love for me to work in a lab all my life. And that, folks, is the most exciting dialogue of the (laughs) entire movie. (laughs) Hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to D-Commentaries. Thank you. Welcome to you and welcome to our listeners. Today, we're talking about Buffalo Dreams. And if you've seen this movie, let us know. Because <laughs> I had never heard of it nor seen it well, until I'm gonna, this morning. I'm going to skip ahead to the the fun fact from, <gasps> from IMDb. Okay. It is one of Disney Channel's most unknown movies after the Jenny Project and Ready to Run. That <laughs> is true. And I believe that fact. Because the Jenny Project was before DCOMs officially became DCOMs, right, Val? It was like right at the same time, but it's not even on Disney Plus. So like Interesting. I feel like they they didn't want it to count or something. Mm. Is like, that the one with the monkey? Isn't it an elephant? Oh. Well, We don't know about it, so we don't know. (laughs) And then Ready to Run, I can see for sure, because that one is. Yeah. And it has by far the least listens for us. uh, Yeah. Which is, you know what? So far. Fine. That's (laughs) until this episode. (laughs) Until this episode. (laughs) Um, Great. Let's just dive right in, shall we? Great. Mm hmm. This movie came out March 11th, 2005. So they were kind of on the quarterly system, it it appears. And they were in our uh, monthly uh, birthday post for March. That's right. Mm -hmm. Check out Al's monthly birthday posts. (laughs) I'm only doing it for a year because once we do it once, I don't need to do it again. (laughs) Um, It was directed by David Jackson. He... Did not do any other uh, DCOMs, but he directed a decent amount of TV. He directed some episodes of Miami Vice, 21 Jump Street, Swamp Thing, Nash Bridges, The District, One Tree Hill. Those were just ones where he'd done like more than one episode, but he directed other stuff too. Mm -hmm. Um, It was written by Marjorie Schwartz Nielsen. Marjorie Schwartz Nielsen wrote a total of five things in her career, and this okay. was the last one. Oh, she said, I've peaked. <laughs> Riley McClendon, uh, or sorry, the cast is as follows. Great. And as you say them, I'm going to follow them on Instagram. Perfect. Okay. I think we already follow the first one. I think we've, yeah. 
Riley McClendon played Josh Townsend. Um, you might recognize him from Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in The Kid, Pearl Harbor, and The Fosters. Simon R. Baker played Thomas Blackhorse. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff, but things that he was in more episodes of or like that were more notable are North of 60, Shanghai Noon, I, Robot, Murdoch Mysteries, and Outlander. Nice. Uh, Graham Green, Oscar nominee Graham Green, <laughs> played John Blackhorse, Thomas's grandpa. He was in Dances with with Wolves, which was what he was nominated for an Oscar for. He was also in The Green Mile, Snow Dogs, The Red Green Show, Man on the Train, Defiance, Wind River, Molly's Game, Longmire, Red. He he was a voice in Red Dead Redemption, and he was. Ooh. And most recently, he was on an episode of The Last of Us. <gasps> Cool. He, he, you would recognize him if you saw him. Oh, you'd 100%. He's been in tons of stuff. That was yeah. just like a smattering of I stuff. totally forgot he was in Snow Dogs. I loved that movie. It's good. <laughs> I haven't seen that in decades. Yeah. Tessa Vaughn played Scout Black Horse. Uh, she didn't do a lot and she stopped acting in 2008. Okay. Max Van Ville, um, or Van V, if it's French pronunciation, uh, played Moon. Um, he was in Big Mama's House 2, Drillbit Taylor, uh, Mr. Woodcock, uh, but he also stopped acting this time in 2012. Okay. Chris Hunter played Kyle, the douchebag. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on The Amanda Show, That's So Raven, Phil of the Future, South of Nowhere, but he also stopped acting in 2009. Okay. Adrian Houghton played Domino, the radio DJ. Uh, you might remember her from Cheetah Girls. She was in all three Cheetah Girls. Uh, she was also in Coach Carter, um, and she is in the music group 3LW. Mm-hmm. Geraldine Keems played Abuela Rose. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff, too. She's a character actor, but some notables. Skinwalkers, Edge of America, mm. Rutherford Falls, and Reservation Dogs. So those last two are on the air or very recently not on the air uh, and are very funny. Both. Nice. The the next name is hilarious to me. Christopher Robin Miller. (laughs) Christopher Robin and I walked along. Okay. Anyway, uh, Christopher Robin Miller played Virgil. I don't even know who that is. I'm no idea. I'm assuming it's one of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but he the reason why I mentioned him is because he was also in Going to the Mat, Return to Halloween Town. He will be in Hatching Pete. Cool. Um, and he was also in <clears throat> some other stuff. Professor Layton, Mythica, which I had never heard of any of these, but he was in like, yeah. a lot of them. Um, and the Wing Feather Saga. Ooh. <laughs> uh, George Newburn played Dr. Nick Townsend. Uh, hot dad, cool dad. Hot dad, cool dad. He was in Adventures in Babysitting, It Takes Two, Father, All the Father of the Brides. That's probably what he's most recognizable for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also on the show Bull, uh, Providence. He's also a voice actor, so he was in the Justice League cartoons as Superman, uh, Final Fantasy, the video game, Kingdom Hearts, the video game, and Star Wars, the Old Republic, the video game. And most recently, he was on Scandal. 
mm-hmm. which is probably what he's second and most known for. And Val, he's in Friends. Oh, yeah. He's Danny and Friends. He is. He's the and- one who tickles his sister and they <laughs> insinuate that they're going to take a bath together. <laughs> and I recognized his voice and I was like, I know that voice. I know that voice. <laughs> We're going to And love then him. I saw him and then I was like, and then as I was scrolling through his IMDb, I was like, oh, it's Friends. As friends, as I kept going like further and further down, I was like, he was in friends. But then Val, tell us who else is yes. left. So you're going to love the next one. So Jane Sibbett played Blaine Townsend, Josh's mom. Um, she was in a soap opera called Santa Barbara for a long time. She was on a show I'd never heard of called Herman's Head for a long time. She was also in It Takes Two. Mm-hmm. She was also in Snow Dogs, mm-hmm. and she was also on Friends. Yay! <laughs> She's Ross's wife. Yes, she is. Wow. Um, yeah, wild. Uh, a lot wild. of overlap in these uh, these folks, especially the parents, saw, which is interesting. Yeah, I saw an interesting fact about It Takes Two. Which is? That... Jane's character, I think she said this on a podcast. I saw TikTok about it. She has like a crease in her nose on like one side of her nose Mm because she's always had. Okay. And so one side looks kind of like very prim and pop proper, and the other side has like a dent. So it's kind of like villain esque. (laughs) So slowly throughout the movie, as she's becoming more and more of a villain, they change her profile that they show Whoa. on camera so that as it, the movie continues, when she, her hair gets cut short and she's in the wedding, it's that side of her face where it's a little bit more like pointed and, and Whoa. broken. That's really, so really cool. That's so cool. Who, <laughs> who knew that much thought was put into the direction of cinematography of It Takes Two? <laughs> oh God, what a great movie. <laughs> it is a great movie. It is a great I movie. I will, uh, that scene with the, where they're banging on the tables oh, yeah. is ingrained in my head for, for eternity. Another one I have not seen in decades. I watched it during lockdown. Nice. Mm-hmm. I watched it was this watch. during lockdown. <laughs> Buffalo Dreams? I did. No, for real. <laughs> Valerie in fact, Allery in, in fact, I actually think this is this is a true story. I think when I texted you, we should do a podcast. I was literally in the middle of watching this movie. <laughs> this movie is what inspired the pod. <laughs> not, not so much, but it was just more like, I'm watching these. I want to talk about them because there's some things I want to say about this movie. <laughs> so I think it was more like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. We really um, needed to send you some help during lockdown. Huh? Yeah, I know. I need help. <laughs> um, okay, we've got uh, the last two. Seth Packard played Wiley. I think he's also one of the other boys. Um, mm-hmm. He's in Dad Napped and Hatching Pete, both decoms. Okay. And then Chris White played JG, I'm assuming another kid. Um, and he was in Read It and Weep, another decom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, the synopsis is as follows. In this thought-provoking story, two teenage boys struggle to become friends despite their different, despite? 
despite their different racial and cultural backgrounds. I don't think that is what they meant. Josh has relocated to New Mexico, where his father works in a research lab. Native American Thomas Blackhorse allows Josh to join his group of friends, but the boys will have to work hard to bridge the cultural gap and make their friendship work. I think the first sentence of this needs to not exist. The second sentence is fine. <laughs> yeah, interesting. That make any sense? Despite their different, no, no. <laughs> That's really God, whoever bad. writes these is just a treat. Yeah, yeah. So this was set in New Mexico, but it's actually filmed in Utah. Cool. So as I mentioned before, our fun fact for today is that this is one of Disney Channel's most unknown movies. Correct. <laughs> um, and uh, another, I guess, fun fact is that we are currently recording this from Chicago, uh, which is the traditional land of a number of tribes, including the Potawatomi, Odawa, Sauk, Ojibwe, Illinois, Kickapoo, Miami, Mascatan, Wea, Delaware, Winnebago, Menominee, and Meskwaki. Cool. Yeah. Thought it was That's not fun. worth mentioning given the subject matter. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the traditional name for Chicago is Chicaqua. Ooh, Chicaqua. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, all right, Al. Mm-hmm. First impressions. Thanks, Val. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I want to I want to say that I had never seen this before and I had not known that it existed. Um I think I would have liked this more if the lead character Riley McClendon, Josh, wasn't such a dick. <laughs> he's just he's hard to like. And so it was hard to like this movie for that reason. I think there were a lot of great parts of this movie, but I just every time he'd do something, I'm like, oh my God. Um, I'm gonna give it a four. Better than some movies we've seen, not better than a lot of movies that we've seen. <laughs> but I think there were some really great parts of this movie. And it started off strong. I was interested throughout most of it. And honestly, the last like 20 minutes, I just lost interest. <laughs> Val, first impressions? So I watched this movie for the first time ever during lockdown. Okay. I think the reason was because it popped up as like a recommendation because it is like a lot of my favorite decoms. Mm -hmm. So like I wrote at one point, this is like if Johnny Tsunami and Horse Sense had a baby with a little bit of brink on top, except no one is funny or likable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and it, it did really, now that you bring it up, it had a lot of, of brink. It had a lot of all of those. So it had yeah. like, it had jo the Johnny Tsunami thing is like he comes in from the outside and encounters this division, social division between two groups and somehow becomes the person who has to solve this problem. Yeah. In horse sense, it's obviously the fish out of water thing with like the city guy trying to make it on the ranch, you know, when yeah. he's completely inept about everything. And then Brink, obviously, there's the sporting and the racing and the rivalry between the the our hero and the the villain. Right. Yeah. So there's all of those things are in this story. And so on its face, this should be a great movie. Right. Mm -hmm. It has the the bones of something that should be good. I think that they were 
and this is just me guessing because obviously I'm not in their heads. I think they were too afraid to make Thomas the lead of this movie and just make it about him. Like it could have been a story of like Thomas comes back from having lived in the city and like looks down on his traditional Navajo grandparents. Mm -hmm. And it's all about him reconnecting with who he really is. And they could have still kept like the mountain biking crap and all the other stuff that's in this movie, but just make him the center of the story rather than Josh, because Josh is pointless in this story. And because of that, he is so unlikable and, and like they try to make him funny and he's not Mm -hmm. funny. And I don't even think it's all up to the acting. Like, I don't think that Riley is like a bad actor. I just think that like, I think it was just poorly written. I don't think it has to do with him. I think the character is a shit, right? He is, he's a little turd. And like, he like, the the fact that they center this white kid in this story about right. the, like native people and their culture and respecting them and white people like not respecting the people who came before them or like anything mm-hmm. i think they were genuinely afraid that like little white kids would not see enough of themselves in thomas and relate to him and they needed like a white character to like yeah. get in it and then they turn it into a white savior thing which also sucks like the difference between this and johnny tsunami for example is that johnny is also not white so like right. he is also being treated differently because he's not white so mm-hmm. he is a part of that like situation whereas this is the exact opposite it's like really gross and it makes like the whole movie i just feel so weird like about the way that they treat him and the way that he is sort of like centered and held up and he doesn't deserve it he doesn't deserve it at all so yeah that uh that is my take on this i think that's a good take (laughs) al did you have any favorite quotes or moments not many (laughs) Um, my favorite decom uh, through line was in this movie, Val, of the bullies are wearing helmets when they ride bikes. <laughs> I think it's my favorite decom trope. That Bike doesn't happen safety. in real life. Okay. My bully is we're not wearing helmets in Schaumburg, Illinois. Okay. That's my only thought. <laughs> That's it. Um, That's it. I liked that there was an Illinois license plate. So the big city that he's apparently referring to is either Chicago or St. Louis, (laughs) but then never named it by name and called the subway a subway. It's an L. That's right. Hey, it's literally elevated. It's literally elevated. Um, But I did like that they were from Illinois. Mm -hmm. I liked that this, their, their family was so well cast that they looked like they could have been a real family. Yeah. Like mom and dad were on the same hotness level (laughs) and their son looked like a combination of the two of them. That's true. And then my two quotes that I, three three quotes that I liked were when uh, Abuela Rose said, wild turkey jerky. (laughs) So Abuela Rose said to mom, you must be a real chef. And she said more of a culinary anthropologist. <laughs> and then Josh said, um, as he's getting all of his stuff taken away, if my blood sugar drops, I get dizzy and cold and tired. And then the grandpa says, you can't take dim sum. And I thought that was funny. And I think 
That's it. <laughs> Val, any of your quotes or moments? Uh, when, uh, so at first Josh has to like go to work with his dad. Cause it, I guess it's summer. Like they don't actually explain that, <laughs> but like he's like interning at his dad's lab <clears throat> and they put a name tag on him and he goes, branded nerd. <laughs> <laughs> And then I don't even remember the context to this, but oh, uh, his dad is talking about the merits of this internship. And then he goes, it's great exposure. And then the kid goes to radioactivity. (laughs) And then uh, Moon, you're Danish, maybe in this life. (laughs) Oh, my God. Moon. They did do a nice job of being like. Moon, you're a white guy, but they didn't do a good job of Josh, you're a white guy. Well, that's the thing. So, like, I think their intent was to show, like, here is a white person who's capable of having respect and reverence for Mm. this culture. And then Mm -hmm. here is one who doesn't. Right. But here's the thing. The villains already don't. So they didn't need that. Like, they they literally could have told this story without Josh. Right. Like, (laughs) it's. It, it just he's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, speaking of the villains, uh, they said some choice insults, like really yeah. bad. Like they made me uncomfortable. Val, you had seen this movie before. How was watching it the second time? I guess you were looking through it at a different lens. This yeah. Time, though. Yeah. So the first time, obviously, I was just kind of watching it and I was still yeah. like definitely uncomfortable with certain aspects of it for mm-hmm. sure. But this time I was watching watching it through a much more critical eye. And as I've already mentioned, I came to a very specific conclusion, which is that this yeah. movie was f- f- like faulted in its like idea. Yeah. And so like thus everything after that is also kind of not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think my favorite part of the movie is when there is a completely unnecessary workout montage where Josh is wearing cargo shorts the entire time. <laughs> so many people were shirtless in this movie. There was a lot of topless, a lot of topless. For them and being in like a reserve in New Mexico, a lot of shirts off. Yep. And I also did write at one point, a lot of bath and shower scenes too. <laughs> it's a bachelor, baby. It's a bachelor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Val, do you hear that? Stampede? They're asking us to take our tops off and go to Spoiler City. <laughs> tops off. Woo. We're going Wee. to jumping in the swimming hole. We're jumping in the swimming hole <laughs> and riding a buffalo. <laughs> okay, welcome to Spoiler City, where I just do the synopsis of the movie longer than Val did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So mom, dad, and Josh are moving nearby a Native American reservation for dad's job. He's a scientist, so he has to move down there. I didn't pay enough attention to what, so he's a scientist. Um, Josh is pissed. Mom tries to relate to him. They're in the car. They're from Illinois. Then they get to the store of the town that is run by the people who are from a nearby reservation and we find out it's Abuela Rose later. So I'm just going to call her Abuela Rose. Um, and she's the store owner and she gives them a bunch of free stuff and is like, do you need this? And they're like, no. And then she puts it in their bag anyway, blah, blah, blah. The last one they ask about is batteries. And they're like, we don't need batteries. They do later. (laughs) Um, they make it home. The home is like really nice. It's a gorgeous like mansion on on like nearby the reservation. So lots of land, very like uh, picturesque, picturesque 
secluded. I like mm. like they don't have like neighbors next door to them. Mm. Like neighbors probably meters to yards to feet away from them. <laughs> you went <laughs> down inside. Spell. Just really <laughs> their whole feet away. <laughs> okay so then he's like mean this kid is mean and then he uh they're like here we got you a bike and it's like a bike and he's pissed and so then he leaves things on the floor blah 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 then the electricity goes out because of the storm and then they ended up needing those batteries for their flashlights and then they meet moon who is our uh our fellow white friend who uh lives also near the reservation and then scout and thomas who are brother and sister who are native american they're navajo and they like live and work on the reservation their grandparents work in the town and their grandpa which I feel like they didn't call him by name very much. What should I call him, Val? It was John Blackstone. Was it like? Yeah. Because they didn't call him I think like. They just Obuelo. called him Grandpa. Yeah. Okay. So Grandpa, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Grandpa then. Mm-hmm. So Grandpa is kind of like the leader of the Navajo in the town. So their family has a lot of influence in the town. So they he meets these three and Scout. Something to keep in mind throughout that I might mention or I might not mention again. But um, Scout chooses not to talk. She can hear um, and she uses sign language. Um, we find out why later. Then he like runs into them and they're trying to corral one of the baby bison to take care of it. And so they sing "Lean on Me" by Bill Withers. I think is the one of the first people to sing that song. Yeah, I don't know. I always think of Al Green, but yeah. Mm. I think it's Bill Withers. You're probably right. So they that's how they like corral the bison. They sing to it. They're like, we tried a bunch of songs and this is the only one that works. Then there's a, a slew of white children that come by and they're mean and on bikes and wearing helmets. <laughs> and they're mean to Thomas, which is terrible and racist. And we hate them. And this is very brink. Like it's it's very... Kids on bikes are me. <laughs> so then he goes, uh, Josh goes to work with dad in the, in the lab, in the mailroom, hates it, bad at it. I would and also then, just like to point out, he could have saved himself hours of effort by just feeding the paper into the top part of the copier instead of copying it one piece at a time. Just, just wanted to point that out. So he's mean and he's dumb. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Okay. And he's um, a wiener, which we'll talk he's about. He's a wiener. Val went there. <laughs> she went there. He's a wiener. L7 weenie. Okay. Um, then Scout is, uh, this is where Scout like starts to use sign language with uh, Abuela Rose at the store. Um, we find out that Abuela Rose and Grandpa John Blackstone are the grandparents of Scout and Thomas. Um, and they talk about how maybe uh, Josh should work with Buffalo instead and be outside and all that stuff. Um, and then they get, why are they on air? I wrote the kids are awkward on air. I don't know. Adrian Valian is in this movie. Adrian for no Howard, no. And she is like a radio host. And she had to have been getting paid like so much. She recorded with no one else and it was only voiceover and recorded in a studio by herself. So she was like, yeah, I'll be in this movie if I can like do it on my own timeline. And she That's probably had like two Raven. days of recording. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Raven really? scene on three. 
Yeah. It, Probably. I wonder where the timeline lines up with Cheetah Girls 2. Was she out of town during filming? or Maybe. I don't know. I, I think Cheetah Girls 2 was coming up. I don't know. In like 2006, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how those correlate. Yeah. She, I, in answer to your question, your first question, I think they were like talking about some mountain biking competition. Mm. Um, and that's what they were doing. But it was like, again, they were just so disrespectful and rude. And it was. Well, whatever stupid. kids they were, they were disrespectful weenies. So then um, Josh is like, oh, I'll, where do you like pee around here? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So they're like, wherever you can, man. And he's like, all right, I'll be back. And he goes behind a rock, turns around and there's just three buffaloes. <laughs> like he didn't see him while he was peeing and hear him hop, happen upon them. So then he takes what he learned and sings lean on me to these buffalo and they go away. And then the bullies come by as like right after he was peeing. So, okay. Um, And then the bully invites him to be friends and grandma and scout see that they're kind of like fraternizing with the enemy. And then um, the abuela Rose has a potluck. Mom is talking to abuela and then dad talks to grandpa John and Thomas and Josh talk about their family pressures. Uh, And scout can hear, but she doesn't talk. We don't find out yet what happened, but I said, I'm thinking it's like a mom thing because we know that we haven't seen their parents yet. So that was my assumption. And then they go to the water hole. They take Josh and they're like, Hey, don't tell anyone about this water hole. And it's like super fun. They're like diving in and my, this is one of my favorite parts because I marked it here and you can tell if I'm say a favorite part here, that's my favorite part is when Josh is jumping in, he goes, actually, I just remembered there is another fun fact and it is about this moment. Every single kid except for Riley jumps in for real. Riley filmed this in front of a green screen, which is why he is like, Oh my God. He's like, I can't jump in there. I'm too, too, I'm too much of a wiener. I guess so. We should also just say real quick that this, this swimming place is also like a sacred site. Like it's where, uh, young Navajo men, I think, um, came to like, have their, like, uh, like the equivalent would have been like the walkabout in Australia. Like it's where they like would go by themselves and like have to survive with basically nothing uh-huh. and like learn to be men. It's right. their bar mitzvah. Oh, um, <laughs> except less like a wedding, <laughs> more, uh, yeah. like, more like uh, bear grills. So, um, yeah. So anyway, this it's place, their bear grills, their bear mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Val loved that one a broker she's broken bar mitzvah I love it also that's a good theme for a bar mitzvah I should have put my bar mitzvah shirt oh well uh, I need. I don't have a bar mitzvah shirt I need get one yeah you do so anyway the, the reason why I bring that up is because it's important for things that happen later that this is like it's like a temple you know it's like a very special yeah. place uh, for the Navajo. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, so then Moon gets called out for being a Viking and that he's not actually a Native American. And um, Thomas is a skeptic of the Navajo culture because he is very literal and and he doesn't like the, quote, stories that 
people make up to describe things of why the the moon rises every day and why storms come and it's like that. He's sad and he's using his sadness to he's push against his projecting. Yes. Um, then Josh meets the bullies at Red Rocks, not the Colorado Red Rocks, just like a, another spot for biking racing. And he is waiting for the bus and then ends up getting driven by Abuela Rose and Grandpa, who's I wrote Grandpa, whose name I don't remember. <laughs> and then uh, he's like biking with them around town because he's trying to fit in with them, too. He falls off his bike. They make fun of him. He tries to buy them back and get on their good side by telling them where the swimming hole is, which is bad because literally Thomas was like, literally do not tell anyone that we took you here. And he did. It so then 10 seconds 10 between seconds. when he promised that he wouldn't. And, and then, then when he, he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then as they're driving on to the reserve, their car is kind of like destroying the nature, a tree and this and that. And then he takes them to the swimming hole and he doesn't want to jump in and he ends up getting pushed by one of the guys and gets really upset it's like i could have gotten hurt and the guy was like i don't give a shit and then um (laughs) we leave there and then there's a buffalo downtown in the middle of the road and everyone's like wow there's this woman in a pickup truck who has three rule of threes they're trying to be funny she Mm -hmm. has three encounters with a buffalo we this is the second one sorry continue Thank you, Val. Um, And then we cut back to the swimming hole and they're like spray painting and defacing the land, which is just so disappointing. And then the next day he like starts doing work and then they show up to the springs and it's defaced. But Josh isn't there. So they like get back and they're like pissed at him and he gets called out by uh, Thomas and grandpa. And they're like, you're a turd. And at this point we were doing so well with not having a narrator. And then grandpa starts doing narration and just, we were doing so good. But then um, they were fighting. And so he makes them go on this like outdoor trip. Once again, bear mitzvah. Um, and he takes all Val has a point. Val. I'm sorry. I, I just want to emphasize like at, this is the point like around the swimming hole time is when Josh hits and stays pretty much for the rest of the movie at peak annoying POS. Like he's whiny. We're already explicit. I'll say it. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Whiny piece of shit. Like he like when the guy pushes him in the water, like granted, that is a shitty move like that's a terrible Mm -hmm. thing to do to someone and it's dangerous and it's scary but like he's like you shouldn't have done that and then he like sees them literally spray painting the sacred place yeah all he's doing is literally just in their face standing by being a turd like he could have like fought them or like pushed pulled the can out of their hands or literally done anything he also could have owned up to it like literally he essentially says to Thomas multiple times, like, I'm sorry you're upset instead of like, I am so sorry that I that I did something literally wrong. betrayed you. Right. Yeah. Like he, he I don't even know if he ever actually admits. No. What a terrible thing that was to tell those garbage humans about this place. Yeah. Like he just does. He refuses to apologize. And Thomas just basically eventually has to forgive him. Mm-hmm. And it's like. That also is feels very gross because yeah. of white things. So, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry. Continue. It's okay. 
So then grandpa takes them to like the part of the reserve and is like, you have to spend the night out here. Very holes. <laughs> um, they like go up the mountain, bring Madame Zeroni up the mountain. Um, but before they do that, they have to, um, he like takes all of the stuff out of their backpacks, leaves them with like a blanket, a knife of matches, like only survival items and not dim sum from one of my favorite lines. Um, Thomas calls him out for being a dick and then they split ways because they're like, okay, well then if we're not going to be friends right now, then we're just going to do our own thing. Thomas sets up a whole friggin' camp. This kid knows what he's doing and Josh is in struggle city. Okay. All of his tops are on. (laughs) So then they're both going to bed. Thomas has a flashback dream foreshadow of, of, uh, he needs to appreciate his culture more with uh, his grandpa and his sister. Then Josh has a foreshadowed dream with a talking bird, which is one of my least favorite movie tropes. Right before this, he gra- he picks up a feather and he literally starts to put it in his hair. And I Yankee was like, doodle dandy. don't do that. Because like, it, again, it's like cultural appropriation. Like, yeah. at least acknowledge it. Like, have Thomas like yell at him about being a jerk about it or like, yeah. don't do it. Because it's just right. so gross. Sorry, keep going. No, it's OK. Um, Then there's a storm coming and they scream for one another and they meet up and then they sit in the cave together. And then they are telling like life stories. We find out that um Thomas and Scout's parents died in an accident and it's been really hard on Scout. And that's why she stopped talking. So she has talked since then um and then the next day we come back home he is he and kyle have challenged a race to one another that if he if josh wins then the bullies will leave and so josh is like okay i gotta win this um basically the bullies will stop like fucking with the land and so then they get um he goes to grandpa and he's like i need some remedies for getting in shape and he like kind of helps him out a little bit, but then he gets on the bike and it's like a workout montage in cargo shorts and no shirt tops are off in spoiler city. And then the, the, his friends are like, why are you working out? And they're mad at him because of the race thing. And then, um, someone because gives him turquoise for Goval. Sorry. It's again, he like challenges these guys to this race mm-hmm. over access to this entire land as if Mm -hmm. he has any say in who gets to access the land like he's literally gambling like it's kind of like what we were talking about in halloween town three where like marnie gambles her entire family's magic without even talking to them about it he like he does this and it's like they're all pissed at first but then eventually they're like all on board to the point where it becomes this like big spectacle and everyone's like coming to watch and support him yeah and i'm like what are you doing he like he's literally just being another shitty white guy like he's Mm -hmm. not like how is this any different than what these other guys are doing seriously (sighs) makes no sense yeah so um they're mad at him and then they give him a turquoise for good friendship because they're like okay we're mad at you but also like thanks for doing this Um, And so then they start helping him train and work out. So uh, he's doing practicing on his own, but then he like wipes out and like hurts his arm. And then the storm comes and he gets lost. He's so pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) I just love how much Val hates him. So he gets lost. And then mom calls Adrian Bailey on on the radio and is like, hey, can you broadcast out? Because we can't find my son, (laughs) my boy. (laughs) Then Thomas finds him because he like knows where to look on the trail that he was 
practicing on because he was like, keep keep in mind, he was practicing on his like shitty bike, like shit, shit bike. <laughs> Thomas finds him. He is in bad shape. He probably has a broken everything bruised. And then he's like in bed asleep for two days. So dad is like stressed and um, and they ask him, like, why did he do that in the first place? And he's like, I don't know. And then grandpa uses some like traditional like Navajo medicines to get him better. And dad goes into like some random store and he like passes by these billboards that say looking for something. And he goes to like the antique store. And this woman is like, I know what you're looking for. And he's like, no, I'm not looking for anything. She goes, buy your kid a bike. And he was like, how did you know that? And she's like, because you're a fucking weenie. <laughs> So then um, he get the he, Josh wakes up, finds a brand new bike in there. Mom and dad are happy he's okay and fine, even though he's been sleeping for the last two days, but they still let him race. And they like go up the mountain and he sees at the very top as he's about to go down the devil's revenge side that the buffalo are running off of the reserve. So he's kind of like, he comes back to where everyone's set up for the race and they're like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, the Buffalo, they're going to destroy the town. <laughs> Moment of silence. <laughs> I swear. It's like a combination of the scene with the horse in the hole in uh, yeah. horse sense. And then the, Oh my God, the horse in the hole in <laughs> horse sense. I forgot about that. And then the race in Brink slash, yeah. Uh, yeah, literally. Tsunami. So this is why Brink, it made me think of Brink because he comes back and the bullies are like, hey, we got to go help that town. And Kyle's like, I don't live there. I don't give a shit. And they're like, OK, dude, fuck you. You're a weenie. And so then they go and help. And he's like, oh, what? So then Thomas was stampeding. Thomas, they were like going to help the town. Thomas gets stampeded. Scout is there to help him. And for the first time, she talks but she doesn't talk everyone. She starts singing. Some times in our lives, we all have pain. We all have sorrow. But four? But I don't know. She sings Lean On Me. Okay? And the buffalo go away. They do. And then they save the town. They get necklaces from grandpa and the movie ends. And and he gives Josh a Native American name. You know what that name is, Val? Rides with the wind. <laughs> Weenie. Uh, and also, I should note that rule of threes, that woman in the truck, her car backfiring is what started the stampede. Oh, I um, didn't pay attention to that enough to say Yep. You said you needed a, a thing that started with B and ended in Ingo. I did. And I still do. Amazing. <laughs> let me please let me give that to you. Val, will you start with one hit wonder song? One hit wonder is uh yes. Uh-huh. It won a Grammy Award in 1987 for Bill Withers as the writer for Best R&B Song. The song ranked at 94 in VH1's 100 Greatest One Hit Wonders of the 80s. Wow. So it's an actual one hit wonder. That's two in a row for that one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Wow. Wow. Breaking the fourth wall or looking into the camera? No. No. Holiday themed. Nope. No. Not unless you count Buffalo theme. <laughs> Clunky metaphor. 
I mean, yes, the the dreams. Even, yeah, the, I mean, as I was, I, I I even picked up on the clunky metaphor <laughs> this time. Okay. <laughs> Parents who just don't get it, dad, kind of, because he wants him to be a scientist. That's true. Okay. He de- he eventually gets it, but he starts yeah. off not getting it. Cool non-parent adult. Grandpa? I'd say grandpa and grandma. Yeah, true. They're not, yeah. yeah. They're both cool. Oh. They're so cute in the beginning they're when, they're pray, so when they cute. pray to the sunrise. They're just so cute. I love them so much. I have a soft spot for grandparents. Mm-hmm. Someone too famous for TV movie. Uh, Oscar nominee Graham Greene. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar um competition to resolve central problem yep mm-hmm. a montage sequence montage yes. sequence there are so many cliche villains yep children on bikes with helmets <laughs> clothes or item you owned um so as i mentioned before my dad is big in cycling so I had many a bike short uh, and mm. bike shirt. Okay. And they, at the end, more than during the whole movie, wear like full on bike gear for the race. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely had that. But it's, a, it's by the expression on your face, it seemed like maybe you had something. No, I had nothing. I was surprised that you had something from oh. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I definitely um, had bike gear. I had a bike. Yeah, so did I. In fact, my bike, so at my grandma's house, I rode one of the like old family bikes and it was uh-huh. not that far off from the bike that he rides for most of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely nice. had some things that were in that ilk. Ilk. Rotten Tomatoes 40 to 60. Uh, okay. Given that this is one of the most unknown movies and... It's not good. <laughs> I'm going to guess 36. 62. Are you kidding? I wish I was. Well, I'm in the minority then, I guess. Happily ever after. Yep. Almost kissing. Thank God, no. Thank God, no. Because if that was in there, it would have made this movie worse. Mm-hmm. If he had had like a love interest throughout this. Mm-hmm. Someone who became famous. No. Unless we're counting like the amount of character actors. Although that the guy from Friends was on Scandal for 63 episodes. Yeah. I just don't know. Like if someone just saw him on the street, would they like recognize him? <gasps> oh, I, I'm just I'm genuinely asking. Like I recognized him because I've seen him in a lot of stuff. But am I weird because I do that all the time? <laughs> I don't know. All right, we Um, don't have to mark it. Yeah, I say no. Okay. Betraying of one's real friends or values. So much. Yeah. I know a good place to swim. Your childhood crush. No. No. Although my dad did watch Dances with Wolves a lot, so I don't know. Maybe I had a crush on Graham Greene. (laughs) Obviously bad special effects or stunts. Uh, During well, the dreams, the the dreams were pretty weird. I, and then the, the him, the jumping you, into the water. I was going to say, once you know that it's green screen, when he jumps into the water, it's like yeah. 
pretty horrifying bad. how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Disney Channel star. No. Well, is Adrian? No. Oh, yeah, she is. Because is Cheetah she? Girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, marking it. She's a Cheetah Girl. She is a Disney Channel star. Okay, cool. Musical number. I know you want to count her singing. <laughs> Yeah, every time they sing Lean On Me. Yeah. No, it's not. It's fine. Okay. Magic. No, actually. Yeah, the only magic that I would say would be magic is like their dreams, but we all have dreams and those are magic, so. Right, and like it's not as if the dreams led to something Ooh, magic. Val, Science is the real magic. Are we counting dad being a scientist? And then there's But he a doesn't do any science. Okay. In the I'm movie. asking. I'm, right. I'm asking. What I was going to say is the dreams don't actually lead to anything magical happening. Mm-hmm. Like if they had like led to like, for example, if like Kyle's like bike had like broken suddenly for no reason or something. Yeah. Like okay. that would, you know what I mean? But like yeah. nothing like that really happens. Cool. Someone says the title of the movie. No. No. And why is it called Buffalo Dreams? Because both of them didn't have dreams about Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Buffalo is in Thomas's dream, but still, I don't know. Well, then it would be Buffalo Dream. Right. Buffalo Dream and Eagle Dream. (laughs) Scooby Dude. I guess kind of because they like stopped the stampede. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did figure that out on his own. Yeah. And uh, Scout, like, fixes it. Yeah. The heroes create the problem. Yeah. Yes. Kind of. I mean, they don't... No, I mean, like, he invites them to the watering hole. He is the one who says yes to the race. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. He creates a number of problems that are significant to the story. He obviously did not create colonialism or racism. True. (laughs) But But he didn't try to fix it either. He did not. He did not. Lead is a fish out of water. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah. It doesn't really get much more fish out of water than that. Mm-hmm. All right, Val. Oh, look at this. I thought we had one. We got two bingos. Wow. Uh, cool non-parent adult. Someone too famous for a TV movie. Competition to resolve central problem. Montage sequence and cliche villains. Nice. That's our second row. Then we have our diagonal down from the top corner. One hit wonder song. Someone too famous for a TV movie. Happily ever after. Disney Channel star. Lead is a fish out of water. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, Val. Well, that was fun. But you know what's going to be more fun? Al's Pony Corner. <laughs> um, this game today is me telling some buffalo jokes. Very cool. Okay, let's hear them. Thanks, Val. Is there a game element to this? Like, am nope. I doing anything? Okay. <laughs> You're just laughing. You're just going to laugh. Great. Have a good time. I'm ready. Okay. You could guess what the answer is if you want. Okay. But I'm not, like, counting points. Okay. Okay. You know this one. What did the buffalo say when he sent his kid to college? I don't know. Bye, son. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, you didn't know that one. No. I ordered chicken fingers tossed in buffalo sauce, and I asked the chef to be careful because they were tenders. 
<laughs> I don't get it. Because the chicken meat and the chicken tenders, you got to be careful because they're tender. It's not a buffalo pun. <laughs> I said buffalo sauce, Val. God. Okay. So Val sort of hates my joke. <laughs> What do you call a buffalo when it turns 200? A bicentennial? Yeah! <laughs> what do you call a ghost of a buffalo? A buffalo. Yeah! <laughs> Sorry, I'm stealing your thunder. I don't care. You're doing it right. <laughs> okay, last one. What do you call a tall buffalo? I don't know. Buff a high. No. And that's as Buffalo Pun Meekunder. <laughs> that was oh, so fun, dear. huh, Val? Very fun. So fun. Well, that was a time, huh? Twas. Twas a time. Uh, what are we watching next week, Val? We are watching Go Figure. Special guest. That's right. Super secret special guest. Super secret. Um, really quick, we just want to shout out our newest D commentaries slash all of Trident Network Patreon member. Yes. Zach R. Um, Zach and I have known each other for 10 years. I do have to say, besides me and Val, probably our number one fan. And yeah. I am I think that is Stan Tall. Zach is number one fan of D commentaries. Zach is definitely. Um, now that he's our Patreon member, I mean, you, you're going to have to do a lot to take that spot away from him. Mm-hmm. We are so grateful for you. Thank you so, so much. This is your huge shout out. Send, we'll send you a merch. Yeah, we sent, we'll send you some stickers. You're going to have access to our Patreon-only episodes, of which there will be one soon. So you're gonna, uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not a Patreon member... We guarantee you're going to want to hear this episode. Yes. And you also get access to Discord where you can talk to us uh, and we can chit-chat. And um, you also will get access to like all the other Patreon content that's going to be coming out from all the other shows and podcasts on Trident. So it's not even just exclusive to us. It is the entire Trident network that you get access to and that you are supporting. Look at that. Well, Val, I appreciate you as always. I appreciate you and your puns. I appreciate you for not being a weenie. Thank you. I appreciate you for not being a weenie. I don't know. I can be a weenie sometimes. No. That's nice of you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, pals. Have a good rest of your until we hear from you next, (laughs) until you listen to us next week time. Two weeks. Listen to our Holly episode. <laughs> yes. Listen to our Holly episode. We haven't mentioned it, but it would have come out right before this one. Uh, if you Holly's haven't, gem. she's Aunt Judy on Xenon, and she's an incredible human being. A delight. So sweet. So sweet. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash dcommentaries hyphen pod. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at dcommentaries. Dcommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. 
To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Ellie.